RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Red Pill 78. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this is another edition of Red Pill News for Saturday Night Livestream. Joining me in the studio tonight, new guest, a man by the name of James Martinez. James is a media ecologist, radio personality, and someone who has been deeply involved in the citizen intelligence movement. James and I are going to be talking about MKUltra, the CIA's mind control program, and I'm certain we're going to be branching out into a lot of other topics as well. Do me a favor, guys. Don't forget to like and share this broadcast. Help by getting it out there on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Truth Social, Twitter, Getter, Gab, I don't know, Facebook, if you're on Facebook, Locals. Help us out. All right, do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. Right now, with inflation at 8.5% and maybe higher by the time you see this, don't you think you need to be smarter with your money? You need it to grow, not shrink. You need financial freedom, not debt. Start a gold IRA with Noble Gold right now and you'll be safe. And this month, for every cash deal above $20,000, you will get an incredible solid silver 3-ounce American Virtue coin, completely free as a thank you for signing up. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold. So call them today at 877-646-5347 or visit them in the link below at noblegoldinvestments.com. Once again, that's noblegoldinvestments.com. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, Mr. James Martinez. James, how are you doing tonight, sir? Thank you very much. Good. Thank you. Awesome. Glad to have you here. So uh, the first question I have for you is, what is a media ecologist? Uh, It's a title given to me um, by uh, my best friend and former business partner, uh, Walter Bart who is the author of Operation Mind Control. I didn't, when he first said, well, you're more of a, you know, after I met him and got to know him, he goes, you're like a media ecologist. <clears throat> and what that basically means is media ecology is basically the uh, study of human perception and its relationship to technology and how technology affects uh, all the sensory inputs and balance between um, all of our inputs where we interpret reality. 
and make our decisions and, and drive our beliefs so forth. So uh, I, that he, he kind of stuck that to me um, in the early, early nineties when um, uh, he asked me if I had a pager. And when he asked me if I had a pager, I said, uh, yeah, but I don't bring it with me so much. And he goes, well, why wouldn't you do that? You have to, somebody's trying to get a hold of you. I said, because I don't like the way what it's done to people's behavior. And then I talked for like 25 minutes about what that was for, what I could see it turning into. Um, <clears throat> and uh, that's how he gave me that name. But it was given to me also by uh, uh, Mary McLuhan, who is uh, Marshall McLuhan's daughter. Yes. Um, and as, you, as many people know, he was like, he's considered the, the father of the internet in many respects because he predicted it and um, predicted people's response to it as well. So that's essentially kind of uh, what a media apologist it is. Well, that seems like a, a fairly auspicious field to be in, especially in today's day and age, you know? I mean, it started with pagers. I mean, you could probably go back further than that to people taking around cars, uh, excuse me, phones in their cars or phones that look like briefcases. But now we have essentially what are portable computers in our hands and people are connected like at an intrinsic level to the internet and to all of these different methods of communication. I can remember right after my daughter was born, a friend of mine uh, had said, well, you know, what's your cell phone number? This was in 2001. And I said, well, I don't have a cell phone. And, uh, and she said, you know, well, you really ought to have one, especially since you have a kid now. And I was like, well, I, I don't like the idea of somebody being able to get a hold of me anytime they want to. We're feeling that obligation that I have to answer the phone or that I have to be available. You know, I mean, I am a public person as you are, but I definitely enjoy and savor that solitary time that I have with myself. And that's something that I think is really lacking nowadays. People have almost this, oh gosh, how should I say this? Um, this pathological need, I think, to be in contact and to be connected to people through the internet and through these electronic devices that are basically ruling our lives now. And I don't like it. Yeah, that's, that's um, part of... Uh the long-term plan of uh, MKUltra ultimately was to be able to electronically induce resource states for a multitude of applications. Um, and today, uh, what I see today and when I'm talking to people in, whether it's publicly like this or in groups and so forth, is the deep, deep embedded uh, entrainment trance states that are people in from uh, electronics and from a lot of the in invisible energy fields, which are affecting uh, people's moods, decision-making, digestion, everything. So um, uh, I'm, I took to uh, studying the effects of technology on human awareness and culture uh, quite easily because I was always interested in how people's behavior and how people respond in, in behavioral situations. That, that was not um, uh, my uh, plan, by, not my conscious plan anyway, way back when. Uh, my life took a very different turn uh, at, um, when I was attending um, the University of Arkansas. Uh, I, I was a former professional track and field athlete, and when I was there, uh, 
my life took a dramatic change in direction, which led me to the doors of uh, Walter Burt. Um, and of course, the testimony that brought up uh, the second volume to the original book, which I published and then um, uh, gave testimony to. Uh, I just, I just um, wish didn't, I wish it didn't all come true because back then um, and for most people that have no idea and most people don't because I've watched a lot of, uh, of the alternative media and the corporate media and nobody's really discussed this thoroughly or got it right yet. Nobody, not even the biggest people out there. The, 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 the tip of the sword, somebody says that in their statements, the tip of the sword. Well, we were the material that made that sword initially. And um, I'm giving testimony uh, probably for the first time in about a month from now at a, at a conference uh, I don't really speak too much in public at all, um, only because at this point, um, we're, what we're facing right now, I, I don't even know what to say to people anymore, other than I have to go in uh, and when I speak to a group of people or a small, small group of people, I, I have to literally um, induce some of the technology that to- Tony Robbins uses to break people's patterns, alter their perceptions, uh, uh, kind of reduce their perceptual filters they have about what they think is going on. And it's kind of like deprogramming for cults, which I, which I have done in the past in a very small private scale. So I just see uh, MKUltra. I mean, I was trying to stay out of this entire thing. And then um, I got uh, a lot of calls after that uh, I don't know if he was German or Dutch, uh, a gentleman by the name of Matthias, his last name is Matthias, made a statement in the European press about um, uh, group hysteria or group hypnosis. Oh, because yes, of, yes. Mass yeah. formation psychosis. That's it. That's it. So my my phone was ringing and uh, I, I answered to it and exchanged emails and said, well, yeah, you know, we told you a long time ago, America. We told you a long time ago, in 1978, was first told about this technology. I know the whole background on how absolutely, totally dangerous. That was a huge, huge secret. We were right behind the national security curtain in the middle of it all. And uh, there were major people involved. Uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty, for one, he was on the board of the Freedom of Thought Foundation. Hmm. And for people that don't know who he was, he was uh, Kennedy's, ran all those black operations and appeared in JFK's ex. Uh, he was the ex-man in JFK, of director of Oliver Stone. Um, uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty, one of the preeminent forward-thinking scientists in the world. And we had all the top people. And we were talking to all the people um, that knew what the backbone of commerce was. The real commerce child trafficking, right. the, the complete abstraction of uh, empathy by trafficking kids. And I, I bring this up because of the shooting that took place in Texas. Yeah. You know, people ask me, so what about we got to get rid of the guns? Blah, 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 and I freak out and go nuts. I'm like, listen, don't project your emotional bullshit onto me. 
when we have a half million, maybe, maybe more at this point, children go missing this every year and you don't blink an eye, you do nothing. You do absolutely nothing. And I'm bringing all this up because of the whole gun thing. We're coming mm-hmm. in now. They're trying to take away our guns. Yep. People that argue in those positions really don't know the big, big, big picture at all. Yep. They don't know. It. I'm shocked most of the time uh, having to listen to them. But uh, um, at the very, very beginning, I was the youngest person on that particular board. There was something called the Board of the Freedom of Thought Foundation. Mm-hmm. And it was an effect of the original book and, and a support system for Operation Mind Control Volume 2, which is like the special researcher's edition. We didn't print a lot of this. And it was a resource place for people to, to, to say their testimony. Before we start getting into that, I want to just go back a little bit further. I want you to tell us what that dramatic change was that happened in your life and how you came to work with uh, Walter Boward. Okay. That grew because it, it was two events. I, I grew up in Europe. And I was going to school on a military base uh, in High Wycombe, England. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point in the 80s, um, I did not think about anything having to do with uh, what we refer to today as UFOs. Mm-hmm. But I saw one when I was out running. And I had, was in the middle of my running career, and it was near High Wycombe Air, uh, Military Base, Air Force Base. And they had a nuclear um, uh, silo there not with not with the weapons but it was a fallout shelter which is now a tourist attraction and uh when i saw uh that first event there was nobody to talk to and there was nothing on it. i didn't know what i saw but it altered who i was and how i responded to the world forever so when i came to the united states i ended up in uh, uh arizona first and then uh i had a vast uh track and field career. And I was recruited to go to the university of Arkansas, which was the top place in the country at that time. And when I got there, uh, I met a contactee there and I met uh, somebody that knew about the um, uh, Arkansas being the largest distributor of cocaine in America. Um, And they made a movie about it. Tom Cruise, the movie made about that. So after meeting these two individuals, uh, my interests and my priorities changed dramatically. And it was right after I left Arkansas that uh, I ended up in Walter Bowert's um, house, literally, uh, because of stuff that I found out that was going on. I mean, I know what it's like for people to suddenly be thrust upon information that completely changes their paradigm of what's possible and what that does to a person. Uh, it did it to me because people were giving me in-depth details about what was going on in Arkansas. And I just couldn't fathom right. that, that uh governors and there was orchestrated cocaine distribution going on in the United States. I just couldn't believe it because I wasn't part of the drug culture. So um, I I dropped out of college because of it. It it was so intense to me that I I was like, my intuitive faculties were uh, highly um, sensitive. And I just did not feel like I was being told the truth about anything at all. Nothing. And that's what kind of started it. I mean, I ended up in Walter Bowert's camp uh, because of my uh, background that took place in the what we call the UFO research today, which is more today. It's like a commercialized mess. Right. But um, uh, back stuff. in the beginning, yeah, it's a mess. 
in the beginning, it was serious researchers and it took a lot of time to gather intelligence about what was really going on. And I happened to have firsthand information about human abduction experience and how they were faking them. That's how I ended up in Walter Bowart's camp. So we had the meetings. Now there was crossover. And this is why this is the important part of what okay. happened is you have the MK ultra, which was the design human engineering uh, on human behavior for all sorts of stuff, political and military. And then you have the abduction phenomena happening at the same time. And what I discovered within that, because I knew a lot of the biggest people inside there, is that a lot of the abductions were ritualized sexual abuse. Okay. And how that was being done and orchestrated and carried out and why it was being done. So that's uh, excellent cover, I, I, I might say too. Yes. Excellent yes, cover yes. for it. Absolutely. And can you also tell the audience who Walter Bowert is? I mean, I, I know of him as uh, a, the author of the, a book about mind control, but I want to make sure yeah. the audience is aware of him as well. He, he, uh, Arthur Bowert, well, sorry, Walter Bowert was, um, he started the underground press syndicate in the United States. Okay. So he was the first to really start the alternative media or what we today call that uh, with a newspaper called the East Village Other out of New York. Okay. Uh, he was, big celebrity in the sixties for his participation of the exposure and effects of LSD uh, and the drug culture as a whole, because of the fact that he was, he felt that it was everybody's right to be able to legislate their own consciousness by their own will. Mm -hmm. If you get what I mean, in other words, you have the right and anybody else has the right to alter their consciousness whether it be through alcohol, drugs, whatever, whatever, uh, because uh, he knew then that they were ultimately going to try and legislate consciousness. Sure. And so uh, that's kind through of what they're dramatic. doing right now. Yes. <laughs> Le- legislating, right. you know, our speech and, uh, you know, how we have to interact with people, uh, yeah. laws about misgendering people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got it. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, through a chain of events, he discovered that his neighbor was a Vietnam vet. And he remembers meeting his neighbor before he went to the war, into the war. And when he came back, he, he physiologically uh, was the same visually, but the person was gone, totally gone. And he had massive amounts of uh, missing memory. And it was that relationship because he was always, we've always been very sensitive to uh, our military uh, because they've been experimented on constantly um, for various things. And it was that uh, meeting place that launched um, the exposure of MKUltra. A lot of people knew about MKUltra already, but the book and the point of the book, and which would made it significant in history is because it was no longer theory. Oh, okay, they're doing this. You know, this stuff is operational. Hence, the word operation mind control. Yep. He figured it out, and uh, it was it moved from MK Ultra to MK Delta and Artichoke and various other names, uh, frameworks within frameworks, all uh, out there experimenting and doing stuff on the public, and um, uh, that's that was the nucleus starting point. He's got a. Uh, I, I knew him very well. He was like my best friend. 
I knew his entire history and what he contributed to uh, behind the scenes. And it was, um, he, I don't know how to put, he, this was his words. He goes, James, I put, a, I put a bullet right between your eyes and I knew it. Because I caught him uh, in, in the, uh, the biggest human violation of all time. And this, at that time in the early 90s, when I met with him, uh, we were talking with Ted Gunderson. Uh, we were talking with Fletcher Proudly. Uh, all these people that had been involved and had firsthand knowledge of the real currency that was running in the United States and um, how that, you know, back then in the early nineties, nobody would listen. No, nobody wanted to hear that. Nobody wanted to know about that. If you talked about it, you're absolutely crazy. Uh, I, uh, when I found out the other part of it, um, and then I was kind of debriefed on the future of what to expect in the United States and the world. Um, I really didn't think that we would sink this far. I really didn't. I could, I, I, I said, said, so that means, because I was sitting there with Walter and other guys, I said, so we're going to have to dumb down most of the population, drug them, poison them, and really put them into a passive hypnotic state after we've chemically castrated all the men and lied about everything. And he goes, yeah, that's what they're going to do. And I just didn't see it back then. And I was involved with, uh, there, there was a lot of interesting people that the public doesn't know about that was heavily involved in UFOs and that research. And they were paranoid about anybody finding out about John Denver, uh, Bob Guccione with Penthouse. I knew him very well because he started Omni Magazine. This is way, way before anything that you hear about today, because this subject is not covered very well. People just say, oh, I am K-Ultra and there's mind control. But they don't, they don't tell you how uh, the people that you see and you listen to, yeah. they're not there. They may be there and you're seeing a person play a role when they know a camera's on them. But the real person inside there, they don't even know that they're not there. A lot of the times they know when they switch into a dissociative pre-planned, pre-programmed identification of person that, that that's not who they are. I mean, in, within the intelligence community of uh, people today, um, whenever they refer to as Mama Mama Michael, mm-hmm. that's referring to a former president mm-hmm. who, who stutters because he's fractured so badly from the child abuse that he suffered that he doesn't know the name of his wife yeah. or husband. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we can say Barack Obama <laughs> and Mike Obama on the channel because we're not on YouTube or anything like that. So don't hesitate to go full out on uh, uh, on revealing anything. Oh, I, okay. I, I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm afraid to go full out. Oh, okay. I'm going to okay. do it. I, I'm I'm afraid to go full out because people will be so offended. Sure. Of how badly they've been violated. It's so bad. I, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I meet with people and political figures behind the scenes. Some of them are running for office, some of them are already in. And I just listen to them and I just rip them in fucking pieces right in front of them. Because as far as I'm concerned, our elected employees are a complete, utter failure. Oh, absolutely. Across the board. Yeah. 100%. Both sides. Absolutely. No free passes. Nobody gets out for free. Nobody gets out alive. Period. Yep. Because this nonsense that i see uh 
Democrats versus this and this and then back and forth and back and forth when they're both already paid for completely, totally controlled, yep. totally infested. They're not none of nobody's getting to the heart of the real issue of what's really happened here, mm-hmm. because the 14 children that were killed. They knew that you wouldn't respond to that anyway. That'll mm-hmm. be over in a week. Yep. That are we're we are a broken, malfunctioning, mentally ill culture. And the only person that we really have to blame about that is ourselves. Mm-hmm. We signed up for it. We have allowed it. I take myself responsible for it as well. I should have uh, done way more. I've spent I've spent most of my life dealing with this and certain applications of it in the uh, technical industry, uh, trying to improve the situation uh, to so that we don't we're a we're a millimeter away of the end of cognitive liberty. I agree. Yeah, a millimeter. And I'm still listening to people jerk off on radio stations, jerk off all over TV, jerk off listening to the, the narratives which are pre-placed and planned and controlled by the information systems that run the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. I have, I have to be uh, brutally honest about it. Please, because please do. You're, you're totally right. You're totally are right. Fucking sick and tired of all of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. All of it. All of it. I I was asked to speak at a a, a public event in about a month, and um, I declined because I, in my mind, it was like, what the what what's the point? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be able to interrupt people's patterns maybe for a couple of hours. And then they'll go back into their default behaviors and run around and bullshit around again. Right. And it, it won't assist. Then a very close friend of mine passed away uh, a couple of days later. And she was one of the people that I would have asked. Uh, her name is um, Pearl Means. She was the wife of Russell Means, the famous American Indian freedom fighter. Okay. She was yeah. a very, 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 very close friend of mine. Uh, she passed away and um, uh, she would have wanted me to do it because um one of my close friends was, was Russell Means, and we both knew that the future of the United States, what it was, that they were, we were being put into a kill, were being put into a kill box, uh, an electronic kill box, which used to be called a reservation. This is the modern day 21st century reservation that we are now in, and uh, we are under uh, sanctioned genocide, soft kill, and... Um, that's the ugly truth. And anybody that softens it or, you know, well, it's not that bad, blah, 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 then they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> the thing about it is <clears throat> the one positive thing that I can see about it is that now it's on full display. Like there really is no denying it anymore. And uh, there is a slimmer and slimmer margin of the United States population that doesn't realize it. And, you know, across the globe, too. I mean, more and more people are waking up and they're starting to recognize it. But at the same time, you know, you're right. People are stuck in those paradigms. You know, I mean, people are still even if they they understand what's going on, they're still going to turn on Fox News. They're still going to turn on CNN and they're still going to, you know, just support the same old people. You know, yes, it's going a vicious cycle. Wheel. Yes, just going around in the hamster wheel. Absolutely. 
you know, so um, so tell us, you know, you have recently I've seen a couple of interviews that you did recently talking about uh, the revelations that came out from the CIA in the last several months uh, that the CIA had uh, covered up their own uh, child predators within their midst. And it almost yeah. the reporting on it made it seem as, well, you know, this is this is the exception rather than the rule. But you're absolutely right. I mean, this is the currency of the global elites. Uh, child trafficking is a huge aspect of that, you know, not only among just, you know, your average everyday elites, but also the intelligence community. I mean, this is how they run people. This is how they keep people in those boxes and they can continue to use them. And of course, it's an unlimited source of uh, dark money for black budget projects. You got it. Yeah, you got it. You're you're uh, right on track 100 percent. And it's an ugly, ugly, despicable failure of the public and our own military and people that didn't do the right things. Uh, I didn't react to the the, the killing at the school because uh, admittedly I'm desensitized to violence, Mm -hmm. though I have empathy for their families and what was done. And those police officers uh, see, it's interesting to me that the police officers that were there, they were given an order to stand down. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're in a, uh, Certain of cert- if you're certain of cert- certainty in a resource state, like you're certain the sun is going to come up tomorrow and you're certain about it and you can visualize it, you know it's going to happen because you're going to see it. And then something comes in that alters that perception of certainty. So we have uh, trained policemen, supposedly, they're called in and they're told to stand down and there's children in there and they don't have all the intelligence, so they say of what's really going on in there. So my question is, what, what, is the, what is the incongruency of behavior between doing what you know it's right and taking an order? Because this- that's ultimately, for people in the United States right now, this is what your military is going to be faced with, taking the order or doing the right thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is just a small, this is a small illustration of doing the right thing and taking order. So what, what are you going to, are you going to do the right thing? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that this is something, I mean, we're seeing kind of this whittling down of the armed forces. I mean, they have been excising people that I think are real patriots that wouldn't turn those guns on people. I mean, since the Obama administration, I think it's been pretty uh, overt in the way they've been doing it. But certainly since the advent of the COVID-19 vaccines, uh, you know, forcing people to take them, obviously, if they're going to be willing to accept that, that probably means they're going to be willing to acquiesce for a number of other things as well. But with the situation in Uvalde, you know, there's uh, I don't know that we're ever really going to truly know what happened. I mean, I we can tell for certain, you know, the police who showed up, there were officers who went inside the school and saved their own kids. But then they then they did follow that stand down order and they stopped the parents of the other children from going in and saving those kids. They they lied about whether or not no, they knew those kids were alive. And then it turns out that they had the children on 911 calls telling them that they're alive. Please come in and save us. And they still told them to stand down. Do you think that this was all an exercise just to see if they could get people to do something that was just so in like uh, opposition to what they really should be doing? Or or what else do you think might have happened there? Um, 
Well, my first impression was that it was uh, um, it was set up um, because of the timing of it, uh, and that's no big revelation. But right. um, because I didn't of the NRA, into it at all I heard, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's always the same story. You have some young, totally screwed up child that's been abused or neglected or is having some major malfunction and he's not getting any help, of course. And he's probably got brain damage from uh, prescription meds, maybe uh, harder street drugs. So he's already fried and is a dead man walking anyway. And it's always those uh, types of personalities that end up doing these things. And um, in terms of the argument with the NRA and gun owners who I support, uh, it doesn't matter uh, what the, the situation is. That what matters is if a person is going to be willing to take their own life or kill others, you can't do anything about that. They're already committed. Mm-hmm. They're already committed. So uh, removing all the guns is not, is not going to fix anything. It's going to make it way worse. And now, and the way culture is now with what we're facing as a nation and all the other things that are outside of this, oh, uh, that, that'll make things way worse. Oh, yeah. So I, I knew uh, we'll probably never get to see the authentic psychiatric uh, records of this individual um, because people, from what I hear, they, they uh, knew that this kid has a problem. Oh yeah, and, you know we, he was we killing cats see, and t- he was killing cats and taking videos and uh, yeah, you know bragging like, about it. I'm Hannibal yeah. Lecter part yeah. two, and I'm just going to be skinning some cats and yeah. eating chickens alive and doing some things like that, and uh, and I can't get laid and I don't have a girlfriend. I don't, I don't know whether I'm a guy or a girl. I, I don't know what I am, but I want to kill somebody right. uh, or something. So yeah, we got problems, and the the uh, our failure. I mean. The perpetuation of our downfall of a culture in the United States is because we failed to protect our children. Mm-hmm. We failed to protect our children. We failed and failed and failed. We get an F in that department. We didn't deal with all the missing children. We don't do anything. We watch Big Top Pee Wee and NFL and ping pong ball and softball and tennis ball and everything else. We don't give a shit. So why the fuck would anybody expect anything different than imposed cultural death of what we're facing now is a desensitized, non-empathetic, non-functioning uh, uh, society. Now, I, I, now, I'm saying that because we're all feeling this now. But I'm not saying that all Americans are that way. But I know there are some Americans that have more than 48 brain cells and have, don't have testicular cancer. So uh, I do know that there are Americans out there who do care. But you, you, we're a little late. Mm-hmm. in getting our shit together. Yeah. You know, what's really ironic to me is the uh, the people that are arguing for the confiscation of our guns. I never hear one word about the dozens of black kids that are gunned down every single weekend in Chicago. Never mind that ever happens. Okay. That's totally yeah. off the table. They don't care about that. Uh, and, and they're also the same ones that are arguing for the right to murder their babies up to 10 to 12 months past due date. You know, I mean, it's like, this has nothing to do with uh, the uh, the sanctity of the lives of children, and it has everything to do uh, with the power and control that comes from the people who have the guns. Because the people who will continue to have guns are the ones who are going to be subjugating us, boots on the backs of our necks. 
and uh, and and we're going to be the ones that are, will be in literal concentration camps if that happens. You know, I mean, the only thing holding right. them off is the fact that I have a number of uh, of high powerful weapons in my uh, in my closet. You know, and pretty much everybody watching the show here. Uh, real briefly, yeah. over on uh, Foxhole, Freight Awakening, uh, excuse me, on Rumble, Freight Awakening says, is there any credence to what they call voice-to-skull technology? And if so, do you think it may be utilized in these mass shootings? I mean, personally, I've seen, yes. uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen documentation, I've seen uh, patents and such, and, you know, there have been a number of mass shooters who reported in the lead-up to whatever it was that they did that they were receiving messages in their heads. And I think Nicholas Cruz in Parkland actually was the most recent one that I read about. Yeah, that was, that was going on in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, people don't realize that our, our, we have a mental health problem. There's something called neuro law. Now neuro law has to do with the completely kind of fictitious area of law where, uh, if a person's taking the oath into court and they're under some mind control condition, such as the kind that you mentioned, is that really them that's mm-hmm. taking the oath? Yeah. So all these issues are uh, having to do with crime. Uh, was the person, was that really the person doing the crime, the person, or are they induced by um, a foreign entity that was doing that? Right. And are they responsible for the crime? I mean, all these things are going on that are never discussed on the corporate TV, never discussed with our elected employees. It's a, it's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, I, I, I sometimes turn on the corporate news and see the same circle of bullshit mm-hmm. going on and none of them will get to the root of anything. They really won't. I mean, I, I, I uh, they'll, they'll never talk to me. No way. <laughs> Not a fucking chance. Cause I won't let them get away with Dick. Nothing. Yeah. If, I, if those, those people come in and want to interview me, there's going to be two sets of cameras, theirs and mine. So you, everybody can see what they did and what they cut out or what they said or how they sure. engineered it. People really are absolutely blind to the level of depth of disinformation, lies, lack of understanding, um, uh, lack of uh, ability to understand. Uh, half the United States is on uh, – uh, prescription meds of some form, hardcore stuff. Yeah. And we are, uh, we've decayed so badly. This is why when children are running in the street or women or men saying, kill my baby at five months old, I don't care. No, no, no. Like they're desensitized. I mean, it's lunacy. We're, we're in uh, a, a lunatic state, literally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've often thought that uh, if they can devolve society to the point where it just completely collapses, I mean, that would be the ideal situation for whoever it is that's in power to just sweep in and uh, and take over. You know, I mean, they would have to put a bunch of restrictions on us. They would have to take away as many of our freedoms as they could because it would be in, under the guise of, of public safety, you know, yes. so. Let's talk a little bit about some of the technologies that are uh, in use in, in MKUltra. Uh, during your research, I mean, have you – obviously, we know about uh, the voice-to-skull technology. I've heard of that before. Uh, clearly, the use of psychedelics to, to break people down. But do you have any, any specific knowledge of uh, different things that they're using? Yeah, we were interviewing in one of the chapters that uh, 
First of all, Operation Mind Control, the special researchers edition, the entire thing is in audio form. So if people want to go on to Spotify and hear it, they can hear in depth about the specific topic that you asked for. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in touch with many private contractors that were building specific uh, technology for mind control and were quite public about it. They gave us full interview. They didn't tell us who our, their clients were, mm-hmm. but they said, this is the type of thing we can make people they can put people to sleep outside their house by specifying a certain frequency and aiming at the house and take them away that way. They can put them to sleep. They can induce uh, messages uh, in through the air into the mind, into the conscious mind. It would feel like telepathy or schizophrenia. They can induce psychotic states um, using a certain heat element, uh, I forgot the, the name of the, the patent on it. The, the gentleman that we interviewed was a Vegas contractor. This was years ago, who was manufacturing all this for private and government. And he just wouldn't tell us his clients, which is fine. He granted us an interview. And he said that the capabilities of what we have now is, you know, if you see somebody on television or walking around that's in a public figure that has authority, mm-hmm. an authority figure, you have to very closely examine them for a long period of time to find out if there's any interruptions in the pattern of the behavior sure. because they may, they may be uh, already co-opted into some type of manipulative electronic war- uh, warfare that's being used on them. So this was just, this was like in the early nineties, the technology then versus what it is now, what it is now, they don't need to even uh, be near you. They can just use the phone or they can, they can, aim something in your house. They can take an entire city if they wanted to and make it highly depressed or highly agitated or put them to sleep or do anything. Colonel Tom Bearden was on the board of Freedom of Thought Foundation with us. He wrote a book called the Excalibur Briefing. He knew all about these advanced weapons and their capabilities and what programs were put into the United States. This has happened in the seventies. Dr. Andrea Puharich, who was the, uh, um, uh, guy kind of contracted to up psychic warfare in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, he was aware of all the electronic weapons that were being used on the United States and that the United States was using on its, its citizens. Um, so this means that when people are uh, making decisions about people in authority positions, they need to be examined way more than what we're doing. Of course. And that just is not happening. It's just not happening. Because this uh, mind control technology, it's, it's also mixed in with all the abduction technology because there's um, sexual uh, exploitation, rape, um, mutilation, cannibalism, all of it are in a certain section uh, where they've been running a parallel story about the abduction phenomenon. And they're getting ready right now to use that as an option against the public. They're already brewing up for it now of about uh, an alien invasion. Do you, not alone. That, do you think that's why we're starting to see a ramping up of the, uh, uh, the oh, DOD absolutely. and the Pentagon talking about this stuff? Yeah. 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 I've, I've, I've got all insiders that have called me for years and they said, here they are. They're getting ready to drop the hammer on this because they're going to be able to use the ultimate form of psychological warfare. Right. Because they're in an extremely, extremely high advanced knowledgeable area. I mean, people don't understand if they get one thing from this interview, they should understand that 
behind the national security curtain is the real world. Mm-hmm. That's the real world, not the one you're living in. There's nothing legitimate in the real world that's not affected what's going on behind the curtain. And that all ended with the National Security Act of 1947. And they shut it down. They shut you down. They, shut, they lie by omission on everything, everything. And people need to just, if they can carry that first around in their belief system, they might have a chance. But uh, if they, people can't even understand that yet, then there's no point talking to them. I think my audience is pretty keyed into that, you know? I mean, uh, I would say probably all of us watching tonight only consume the alternative media, and I, I believe that uh, my viewers are uh, pretty good uh, uh, independent researchers, you know, people who are consistently uh, seeking out new information and trying to verify things. That's why I say at the beginning of the show, you know, do your own research and because right. you can't trust anyone. If somebody is just spoon feeding you information and telling you to believe them, uh, then that's the the first thing you shouldn't do. You, you should do uh, just a little bit right. of background on it and check it out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, but I mean, it's embarrassing for me yeah. a lot of times to, to talk publicly because there's so much bullshit. I, I uh, never wanted a career uh, kind of being Mr. Mind Control guy. I spent most of my time uh, in like disruptive advanced technologies and the implementation of those for the improvement of society. That's where I spent a lot of my time. I don't spend my time here. It's only come to me because of what's happened and the breakdown of everything uh, that's happened. I mean, I, I alternative media uh, is a mess. It's infiltrated, you know, who finances some of it. Um, uh, we just, America needs to have a really honest, truthful heart to heart with itself. That's what needs to happen now. No holds barred, black, white, red, yellow, brown, everybody in the human family that's in the United States needs to have that talk because, uh, I have, Big leaders in the red community contact me. Big leaders in the black community contact me. And one of the things that has not been done by any of the alternative media, because they don't get it yet for some reason, is there has not been like a roundtable discussion with everybody. Black, white, red, yellow, brown. And one say, hey, wait a minute. We're all together. We're one. We're one of the human, we're part of the human race and we're, we're getting ready to be exterminated. They're not even hiding it now. Yeah. They're just coming out and telling you, this is what we're going to do with you. Fuck you. Have a nice day. That's it. And that's not going to work for a lot of them. I just, not, some of them may see this. And I can tell you right now that there's guys out there that have lost everything. They've lost everything. They have nothing. And they're going to do things to deal with this. Because that's where they're heading this to be is a, to create a major conflict. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wa- that's kind of an announcement. I'm not going to be going out and shooting anybody, mm-hmm. but I know other people will. And it's going to be at this people behind the scenes that have orchestrated this and are participating in it and have gotten paid for it and have been given deals behind the scene like they're going to survive. And they're, they're taking down the entire human race. In a, in a uh, this is this is the part that amuses me, and I'll tell you an inside story here. Okay. Uh, I was invited to the Earth X Summit in Dallas, uh, Texas, and these were all the financiers, all the technology people, and all the policy people. 
And they all got together at one big, huge event and went, rah, 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 we're going to save the planet, da, 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 da. And, you know, let's do deals. And it's like the big elephants in the room and nobody's talking. And your listeners, and I know for a fact that we've had all the technology to fix everything on this planet for a long, long, long time. And the fact that we have to be subjected to a bunch of dickheads talking down to us, and we're the ones that destroyed the planet, and we're the problem. No, no. You fuckheads are the problem. You're the problem. I've dealt with so many people uh, behind in the national defense. We have tech to do everything. They've got a blockade at the patent office. They've got black programs, so you don't even know what's going on. Unlimited funding. They got everything to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Yet we're being lectured all the time, but nobody ever brings that up. Yep. You don't hear it anywhere. This tech exists to do things. And we're, our, our takedown and our demise is in direct relationship because of the National Security Act and other people lying about what is going on in our capabilities. And we, the public and our children's children, are going to have to pay the price because we're, we're, we, they don't need us anymore. They don't need a working class. We're yeah. done. And you probably see I'm pretty pissed. Sure. And everybody else should be. That's the right response. Mm-hmm. Not to sit home, jerk off, and do nothing. Yeah. Local government, everybody, I don't care what your self-esteem is. Go into city council. They work for you mm-hmm. and deal with these people. One-on-one. Slow fractions. Everybody needs to do that. All over. Because uh, we're... There's no, there's no second chance here. I'm sorry with what they're doing and what they've done already. It's going to, the, the, I, I, I hear about more funerals than anything else. I've had three of my close friends have died. Uh, I know other people's families have gone to eight funerals in the last two months, all related to the kill shot. Yep. And it's, um, reason I'm doing these interviews is to tell people I was there. This was the real plan. Everybody that you hear today that's made careers off of all the whatever, uh, we never wanted to make money about anything. We never, we charged for the cost of the books. We gave the information out. Hollywood made hundreds of millions off of what we told them. Uh, I met privately with film directors and so forth. And uh, a lot of them didn't, still didn't know what's going on at all. But it, it, this is, it, it's not entertainment, people. It's not. You have to get the job done now. Playtime's over. Simple as that. So just thinking about, you know, that, and just so everybody knows, we're going to actually do a a show specifically about some of these breakthrough technologies uh, that could fix everything. That's going to be in a couple of weeks. But so I I just want to touch on it. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds because I don't want to ruin the show for next time. But. I mean, knowing that uh, the the National Security Act uh, allows for the government to seize patents for anything that's, uh, you know, uh, you know, forward thinking and, and would fix any of these major problems. How do we get to a point where these, you know, incredible solutions can actually be released to the public? I mean, there is this iron curtain, so to speak, uh, between the public and then that national security state 
that controls all of those things. These people that are running the world, they want to remain in power and they want to continue to rule over us. You know, we're the the plebs uh, standing outside the parapet of the, uh, the 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 castle in the moat. You know, they want to make sure that we stay down there. You know, how do we get to a point where we have a solution? By spending money. Yeah. You're going to have to buy the situation to your advantage. I've watched. I know what's going on. I've been in all negotiation, negotiations. I know who gets the patents, who doesn't get the patents. I know where uh, all the major di- disruptive technology is going to be landing first. Who's lying about it? Who says it really has it? Um, what it's going to do to uh, um, what we used to refer to as money. Most of us don't even know what it is now anyway, but they're really not going to know what it is shortly because that's money's obsolesce now. Uh, there, there's a, you see, based on what I knew from Operation Mind Control and all the technology that I knew about then uh, versus today and the acceleration of uh, Drake's equation and Moore's law and so forth, um, the, fight to, the fight to allow us to liberate ourselves with technology versus to be enslaved by it, it's, it's like a millimeter away from each other right now. And if we're... If we allow the tech into the body, because we're already pair matching and pair bonding with technology, yeah. uh, if, it, if it's allowed in, uh, which it already has been, but sanctioned, endorsed, encouraged, um, we're, we're gone. We're gone. Yeah. The organic human being and its decision-making uh, awareness is been hijacked and with the singularity which is basically already happened and ai it's basically already happened it's operational now uh you know we just have a small window of time to do the right thing i mean people in key positions that may be seeing this whether you're military or whatever it is i'm sorry you're gonna have to get uncomfortable everybody is mm-hmm. to get to, to get this done to get what what's necessary to be done because it's really strange because we're I, I was when I was at this conference with all these tech people, and a lot of them didn't know shit about anything. What's going on politically? They were just there to make money because they said, "Oh, we're all going electric." But the engineers and all the scientists and the real people behind the scenes—they know. <laughs> no, we don't have the infrastructure to do electric anything at we all. Don't, we don't have the resources no either. Does. No, we don't have anything. They're like, "Okay, we're going to go all electric in three years." No, we're not. We're going to be walking or on bicycles, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they, they're full of shit. It just, it's, they just lie about everything. And a good portion of the population, they don't, you know, have zero self esteem. It's true, you know, and there's there's uh, I've I've heard projections on uh, forcing everybody to get electric vehicles or forcing everybody to have solar panels. Silver is like a major component of all of that stuff. And there is not enough silver in the world like they have never they haven't mined enough that would be possible. There is not enough that is estimated to be in the ground. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, if they take if they make gas so expensive that people can't afford to drive regular cars anymore, then people are going to be forced to, you know, either work at home uh, or just, you know, not go anywhere or ride their bicycles if they have to go to the store. 
You know, it's uh, it, it's pretty crazy the the way that, that things are moving. You know, gasoline is now twice as expensive as it was when Joe Biden was uh, uh, sworn into office. And uh, diesel fuel, I mean, it's like five times as expensive. Uh, the people that are out there like driving our goods to and fro, uh, it, they're spending tens of thousands of dollars per month extra in the, the cost that it takes just to transport these things. And that cost... Uh, has not yet been passed on fully to consumers, you know, so whatever pain we're feeling right now uh, in, you know, a variety of different purchases, it's going to be exponential very, very quickly, and things are going to collapse spectacularly. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And those effects are going to have major changes in uh, behavior. People are already stressed and freaked out right now. Mm -hmm. It's going to be mayhem when they can't get their drugs. Oh yeah. You know, that's something I was just thinking about. Um, because, you know, going back to the idea of how many people are on, um, uh, mood altering drugs. You know, I mean, it's not just antidepressants anymore. They got people on antipsychotics on the regular. And if people yeah. stop taking those things, or if you can't get those things, I mean, if you've, you know, I, I was on antidepressants years ago, okay, and uh, the doctor put me on them, and at a certain point, I was like, you know what, I don't think this is a good idea, I didn't like the way I felt, I didn't, I was having very strange thoughts, and so I stopped taking it, and I basically couldn't get out of bed for, like, four weeks, like, it was the the worst level of physical withdrawals that I've ever had, and, like, nobody tells you that stuff, like when you when yeah. when the doctor puts you on medication like that, I mean, it's like you're you're eating uh, uh, lifesavers or something, you know. I mean, it's just like you know, you you take these, everything will be better. And, and I like candy. Yeah, yeah, just take it like candy. But it is devastating, and you know, I I think that I was like mentally affected by that for probably upwards of six months, you know. But like getting off of those things was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, I I could not think clearly. And I was, I had like no filter on the, like there was like this internal monologue and like, you know, it was like strange thoughts and, uh, you know, strange like impulses and like it would just happen. And I can only imagine all the people out there that are on antidepressants or, you know, any number of other, uh, you know, psychotropic medications and like what it is that's happening to them. And you look around at the world, you look around at society and how nuts people are acting. And I think that's like indicative of, uh, you know, that symptom right there. But, you know, I, I also wanted to yes. just touch on what you said earlier about people coming together. You know, I, I see quite often and I've, I've you know, welcomed it out there uh, to, to people in the audience if they don't agree with me or, you know, people that uh, identify as leftists, you know, to come on and have a conversation. You know, the calls are about we're about to open up the phones for calls here in a second. And I used to have some people on the left that would call in, but they have this problem with holding a conversation because as soon as you say something that they don't agree with they immediately start talking over you and yelling and it's been ingrained in them that people who don't agree with them are not just wrong they are the enemy and they have to be destroyed and i see it out there in the world all the time and even among people on the on the right you know uh, in the truth and freedom movement i see people going after each other on social media because maybe they diverge on a certain point or they don't completely align with you know whatever the theory is that they espouse and uh, and people have become radicalized in a way that they never were before. And I think it's all about social media. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. 
<laughs> technology has not progressed for most things uh, in decades, okay? You know, like cars, my car, I still get 26 miles to the gallon, okay? We probably could be uh, hundreds of miles to the gallon at this point if things would have, you know, gone on the way they were. The only thing that has gotten better is those tools that they give us to enslave ourselves. You know, the TV gets bigger, uh, your phone gets faster, uh, the internet is delivered quicker through the, uh, the 5G on the towers. You know, it's like, this is the only thing that they have allowed us to evolve on. Uh, and everything else that really matters, we're stuck in like the early part of the 20th century. And, and I, I don't know that as many people see it as I think they should, but, you know, it, it is frustrating. Well, when they extended the central nervous system outside of the body, that was the plan, is to seduce you through the effect of instantaneousness, the media extension of the computer, which mm-hmm. is now the phone, which is now the TV, which is now the everything yep. to most people. Uh, people need to be able to modulate their use of all electronic media. They have to modulate the use of electronic media and social media and everything else that they do with the computer, like they modulate their foods. You have to have to monitor your mental diet. You've got to monitor your physical diet now. And um, if you if you don't, uh, it, it it affects you dramatically. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to open up the phones, guys. But I did have a comment from Big Ten Inch over on Rumble. He says. James, you make it sound like anyone can be a Manchurian candidate. And I mean, that's the impression that I'm getting as well. I don't think you're wrong. Oh, no, that's correct. The whole plan was to take down the uh, country in a kind of manipulative soft kill weapon. Mm-hmm. And now they've done so. They've done, they've done it very well. And there's only certain ways that you can uh, break some of these patterns to get them outside of that. I mean, I always suggest people go on long media fasts to give their central nervous system a break so they have some type of level of contrast so they know the difference between when they're really electrocuted and involved to be non-involved. Well, that's called, it's called hot and cold media in, in, in uh, media theory that Marshall McLuhan talked about is non-participation of media okay. and being allow yourself uh, a break from all of that. Yeah, I, 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 I do that myself. I, I would recommend it for sure. Uh, I force myself to unplug at a certain point in the day. And, uh, you know, I mean, when I first started doing, you know, podcasts and, and um, you know, being a content creator, I felt like I had to be connected, uh, like on all these different social media platforms, like 24 hours a day, because, you know, you've, you're in you're interacting with your audience and and you're like, you know, trying to get your message out. But it's at a certain point, I was like, this is unhealthy and I can't I can't sustain this, you know, and I, I just I, I knew that it was something that had to change. Uh, we've got our first caller on the line. Caller, can I get your name? Yeah. Hi, Zach. This is DJ. I thought it was DJ. What's going on, buddy? I saw that uh, area code. How are you? I'm OK, buddy. How are you guys doing? Good, doing well. OK, thank you. OK, so I, I have a couple couple of things here. Go ahead. First of all. I want to say this, you know, the, the way I found found out about Q, I've always been fascinated with like uh, UFO and ufology and stuff like that since I was a kid. And, you know, one day I'm, I'm looking at my computer and I'm looking on YouTube and I'm looking for stuff. And all of a sudden I, I, I passed through this video. I don't know how I got to the video. But it was a, some girl doing a, a, a like a, just a blog, and she was like, 
Jew is the best, QAnon is the best, and, da, da, da. and I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? And then I found out. Yeah. And I was, and when, once I started to do a little bit of research in it, I was like, and my mind was blown. I was like, oh my God, this just fits. It just seems so, so plausible. This, this was the piece of the puzzle that I needed this whole time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, regardless to that, um, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of what your guest is talking about, I mean, I see it all the time and you know, it's, it's funny because once you're awake, you you can't not see this stuff anymore. Right. I mean, the, the symbolism is everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, you look at movie posters, commercials, like you can, like once you know, you just see it everywhere. And it, and it kind of ruined a lot of stuff for me. Was I'm like flipping and looking for a movie and I'm like, oh, this looks, oh no, this is not good. Right. <laughs> I just look at the post. I'm like, no, no, this is not good. This is not something I want to watch. I don't yeah. care what it's about. But I, I wanted to ask, I have a couple of questions. Okay, the first question I want to ask your guest is, what uh, do you say about cloning? Uh, um, I was told about it uh, and told about, about Dr. Peter Beter that spoke about that. And um, when I had private conversations with Fletcher Prouty and Boert and people, we'd have uh, quiet discussions uh, back then, mostly over the phone, and sometimes in person, um, cloning would come up because uh, we we had open kind of free associative discussions without judgment as an exercise of uh, technological capabilities at that present time that we're aware of and what would be um, uh, what we think would be in the future in terms of capability. And uh, cloning was inside of that um, conversation and our capabilities that I first heard about when I was living in Europe uh, with the cloning of the sheep. I, I believe that was the first thing I they said that. publicly. It's cloned. I already I knew that. Uh, yeah, I, I knew that they'd already done a human and they've had them. That, that, was, that was Dolly, Dolly the sheep, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. That's you know, right. yeah. DJ, anytime I anytime they announce something to the public, I was told a long time ago that, you know, specifically with technology, like anytime they release a consumer technology, it's probably something that was in use by the military or like, you know, the uh, uh, the, the government basically for at least 30 years. And once they feel they have gotten their, uh, you know, full exhausted resource out of it, then they go ahead and pass it on uh, to, to the plebs, to us. And so if they announced Dolly, you know, back in what, 92 or so, I don't remember when it was, but <clears throat> that's probably just the first time that they were telling us about it. I, I would imagine that they've they've definitely been cloning people for quite some time. And I think it was like, maybe like 10 years ago or something like that. I mean, the Ch- there was a Chinese scientist who was like openly talking about it. They they had did a press conference and said, you know, we, we've got this plan and then everything just went silent. So, I mean, this to clone a human being, somebody who has no attachments, no ties, uh, somebody that you can mold from the ground up. I mean, that is the perfect, uh, you know, opportunity for a government to create, you know, a, a killing machine, you know, somebody they can uh, put out onto a battlefield. 
Um, and even more so when you enter in the idea of transhumanism and that melding of uh, of man and machine. You know, I mean, uh, if they can control you electronically and and, uh, and enhance your body so that you're superhuman, essentially, plus, you know, you're just going to kill at the uh, drop of a dime, then, you know, that's perfect for the army. Correct. Yeah, well, you know, I, I remember actually when, when I was in the army, when I was in basic training, um, it was when they first at, at first uh, night vision was infrared. And then they, they were switching over to what they called the starlight system. And they had starlight scopes. And that was gathering light from the stars to, so that you could see at night. And I remember the drill instructor saying that you're the first class that gets to use this technology. But I want to tell you something. You know, this is just coming out for use now. But you can believe this, that when the military brings out some sort of technology for, for their soldiers and so on to use they already have something better than that they're just this is just the first version that they're bringing out of it so that really always stuck in my mind um but so 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 also like the the movie the the prestige a lot of people think that's about uh magic it's not it's about cloning that's what the whole movie's about <laughs> being able to clone an individual um because that's what they do in the movie yeah. And you don't really get what's happening until the end, but that's exactly what they're doing. That's a te Tesla technology, actually. Um, that was a great movie. So, that's so one of my favorites. Thing, yeah, it is, it is a great movie. It, it absolutely is a great movie. Another thing about this, I, like they keep saying the Green New Deal, the Green New Deal, electric, 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 electric. So I did a quick like, little research. Just to, It took me a few minutes. So I, I, my thought was like, I wonder how many miles uh, the average New York City police car drives a day. So I first looked up how many miles the, an electric vehicle will get on a single charge. So on a single charge, an electric vehicle will run up to 300 miles on a fully charged battery, but it takes six hours to charge that vehicle. So now if you're a police officer, usually it's just like driving cabs. So if you're driving the car, you get the, when you get the car, it's filled up with gas. When you pull it into the station, they usually have gas, get, you know, gas pumps at the station. You fill up the car, you park the car, the next person comes out, they get in the car, they take the car. Okay. If they, if they did all electric vehicles, they would have to essentially expand the whole police force. Of, I'm just talking New York City mm -hmm. by two times. They would have to expand the vehicles by two times because the average police car in New York City, when you factoring um, lights and when you fact you know stoplights and when you factor it, factoring idling, goes 275 miles on in a single um, tour. Mm -hmm. So essentially, they wouldn't be able to just pull the car in and the next guy jump in and get in the car. They would have to charge that car for six hours. Mm -hmm. So they would have to expand the vehicles by two times the amount. Um, that was w one thing. So now I have a couple of questions. Uh, the, the, the first one I'm going to ask second, because I have that question for you, Zach, because I don't know exactly what you're talking about. But um, I wanted to ask you a guess. What does he think about the moon landing? Did we land on the moon or not? What are your thoughts? Yes. yes. One was faked and another one was done earlier. One was faked and another one was done earlier. So you believe we did land on them? 
Yeah. I, I, I just, I, uh, I it's interesting that you brought up uh, space because uh, I just, I just met, um, I know a couple astronauts, but I just met the winner of the SpaceX prize in Dallas, actually the one that uh, won the trip to space that Branson, Richard Branson sponsored. And um, I had a lengthy discussion to her about her experience and what was really going on. And um, she concurred with what I said. I don't want to invade her privacy, but. Uh, um, really well, you don't nice have lady. to give a name. <laughs> really nice person. And uh, well, you don't um, have to give a name, but you can give like highlights of the conversation. Yeah, she, I would have she, I wanted more to know about what happened to her uh, cognition, her reasoning, her understanding. And uh, uh, when I started to ask her questions, she went into clear transderivational searches. They're called uh, transderivational searches, how people go into their memory banks, what process they use to do that when they access memory. And uh, she had kind of small gaps because she had uh, problems uh, describing um, what it was like being in space. Because I was interested in asking that question because she'd not been pre-programmed and preconditioned for space. She had some training and she'd, she'd known about it within her family. But just because you know about oranges doesn't mean you know about the taste of orange juice. Uh, two separate things. And uh, um, she said to me, she goes, James, it was like going into another dimension. And mm. she stopped and she smiled at me. And I said, so that means what? And then she put a small kind of smile on her face. And then, you know, people were pulling to her side because people were taking photographs with her and so on. And then I said, I said, we have to talk in private uh, because that's what I was interested in. Because I, I, I had to tell her that you know, her job is uh, mythical that it's not the real space program and you're being used as a tool to prepare everybody to go off world because there's a business that's going on right now where people are already are doing that. We have a big space business and we have had for a very, very long time. And uh, we also have a separate economy. We have an um, intercontinental space econ- economy, actually, that's been going on for quite some time from um, oh. engineers and uh, people involved in uh, the, the space program that are, are legitimate that have stood the test of time. This is what's been going on. And this is what, uh, uh, why this big is uh, acceleration of space industry is what it's for. It's for, it's for mining and communications, mm-hmm. mining and communications. And so basically money, basically to make uh, them more fun. <laughs> well, uh, it's to, it's maintain their um, dominant position of uh, controlling technology. If you're controlling technology, they know that technology dictates modality. And as long as they're in control of it, they can control any economy in whatever form it is. Because the, the, our, current form, our, our form of money uh, is done. Uh, the fiat currency systems already um, it's finished. And they're bringing in yeah. uh, something that will be uh, digital, but how it lands in terms of digital um, is yet to be determined because there's there's uh, multiple game plans that I'm aware of from international bankers that I've known for years that uh, uh, are, are watching this thing go down, what's about to go down. 
All right, DJ, DJ, yeah. we, we got we got to go on to the next caller, buddy. We got like six people on the line. What, what, Okay, I have one more question, and okay. I'll hang up, and you can and you can answer the question, you know, on your own. Um, can you tell me, Zach, more about uh, voice to skull technology? What what exactly that is? And um, listen, guys, uh, I love you. I know you guys love us. Uh, God bless you both, and God bless America, and God bless the rest of us in the world. Good night, guys. Absolutely, I'll wait God, for your answer. God bless, DJ. Appreciate you, buddy. Okay, yeah. So please uh, give us a little primer on voice to skull. Well, yeah, I think he was asking you, but all I know oh, about okay. it is it was initially, <laughs> initially it was used for, I'll, I'll say a little bit, uh, when the chipping phenomena was going on, I, I was first to break the story about the James Wolbert case. Okay. Uh, and that's the preliminary technology for uh, uh, voice to bone, bone to voice transmission of messages. And that appeared in Wired magazine and actually went through court. It got to court. It's a very, very, very important case having to do with technology, having to do with that. It's called the James Walbert case. If you, if you uh, look in the search engines, uh, James Walbert, uh, Wired Magazine case, you'll see um, at length uh, what they were termed as electronic harassment. That's the soft way of putting it. Targeted individuals since 1994. You know, targeted individuals, this is one of the most fascinating subjects because the very nature of what they do to people uh, produces the symptoms of um, like uh, uh, schizophrenia, you know, and and the people that are targeted end up essentially exhibiting symptoms as if they're schizophrenic. They appear to be paranoid and delusional. Uh, it destroys their lives. And I see it all the time. People reaching out and they want to talk to people. But because of the very nature of it, you never know if the person is just mentally ill or if their person is actually being harassed by elements of the government or, or you know, some. This is this is where the legislation of consciousness comes in in yeah. the DSM five or DSM seven, whatever it is, that which is the the Bible for uh, legislating consciousness, thought, and uh, compartmentalizing and labeling human behavior in a in a, a manual used for the psychiatrist psychologists to label people yeah yeah so and as far as my knowledge of voice to skull technology is just I've, I've seen patents i've got them on my computer here someplace but uh i believe it was the 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 u.s military they had created some method by which they could directly beam messages into your head uh it's some form of radio waves or uh, uh maybe i don't know i don't know what spectrum it's in i just know that it is an electronic method by which they can direct messages into your head uh, there is a method that it it it, um, it goes directly to your inner ear. There's another one that goes to a uh, center in your brain. I'll try to find one that's, the, the latest one is the one that's on the co- that's on the uh, it's contact lens. Okay, and on the contact lens is all the technology that goes right into the nervous system and gives you pictures from there. So oh wow! You have a contact lens on on your eye. Yeah, there, and there's a big push towards this, like, augmented reality-style world now, where they want to produce some type of heads-up display and give people information right away. Like, that's, yeah, you know... It's, it's, next to, to, it's, in, it's to install a false identity syndrome. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's bring in our next caller. Good stuff, guys. Uh, let me see. Uh, there's a couple of thank yous we'll do over here on Fox. Well, thank you to Sean Joe, also to Allison, 
And again, Deshaun, Woken Walked says my lab. And yes, my labs in regards to the uh, fake alien abduction scenario. Uh, Empress, she says, because you're awesome. Thank you. Uh, J2 Dank, thanks for the cookie. Mez says some people will never like you because your Holy Spirit irritates their demons. Certainly. R.C. Anderson says, we'll be okay. Mike Montana with the shades, sunny skies. Debbie Roush is right. Donate if you can to your fave alt news. Well, thank you very much, Sonny, and thank you to everybody who has supported the show. R.C. Anderson, Kathy Mack, 123SKG, and R.C. Anderson says, much love, Patriots. And here we have our good friend Colin calling in on the phone this time, so it's working. Good to hear from you, Colin. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. A little bit tired. You know, that I've involved in a lot of cases on this stupid fake COVID crap, um, right. particularly on the military. That's been really interesting because we have more than enough evidence uh, going back now two years. Um, I wanted to share uh, with your guests that I kind of go back to what, 73, 74, uh, when that fake oil embargo was done and I was in the military Navy and I was doing radar um, on a missile system. And uh, so having secret security clearance, you get to see a whole nother world that other people don't see. And once you see it from behind the curtain, you just, you know, everything else is just completely different. Like people waking up today when you see the symbolism and and so forth. Um, But um, from my point of view, I just want to share with you and say, you know, hang in there because I've been planting seeds for a long time. And sometimes it takes 5, 10, 15 years for those seeds to come to fruition. And at the same time, I want to plant one of those seeds tonight as well as perhaps offered as a solution that was given to me, I believe, by my creator over the last uh, 30 years. And I've lost a lot of friends in this fight. Um, And that is a real simple thing. It's called continued competency training. In other words, once we get people in a position of office, it's a real simple common sense thing. And I call it a 240-year oversight that uh, in the Constitution Article Article 6, it requires them, all of them, to swear an oath to support the Constitution. It's impossible to support something if you don't know it, understand it, and have an accurate use of it. I've been to court, as you can imagine, hundreds of times, um, and I haven't found a judge, I haven't found an attorney yet that knew the Constitution or even cared for it. So it seems to me that a very simple thing, which the people can institute in their local legislation, is what God showed it to me, is it's the local townships, the local things, because where do senators and congressmen come from? They come from the local areas. So if the people required their legislatures to institute something like, I just call it that, continued competency testing, continued competency training, which is where they're required to know and understand the principles upon which the laws are founded, i.e., we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed, endowed with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, Now, here's the mission statement. In other words, we are the only country that has this irrevocable trust, okay, called the the unanimous declaration of the 13 lowercase united uppercase states of uppercase America. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among them. So that is the mission statement. In fact, in fact, I got a case right now having to do with the trust. So in the same way that Home Depot is not licensed to sell food and Pizza Hut is not licensed to sell home equipment. All right. It's the same thing. It is a mere corporation. There's nothing wrong with it. It's that it's stepping outside of it, the bounds, ultra virus of the position which they hold. 
again, I believe that once the people upon applicant, the way it was written, upon application to the position, they must first pass the testing to see if they know, understand, and I call the word grok, um, have accurate use of those principles upon which the laws are founded. Everything changes. And I'll share with you something that I've used many, many times in public. I've actually held off over 30 Secret Service agents downtown D.C., testing out um, the, the one thing which is called he who is asking is acting as king. And I did that at the end of the Bush administration. And like I say, I held off over 30 of them. And at the same time, at the very end of that, the caveat was he said, OK, what will it take for you to move on? And I said, well, if each and every one of these public servants out here will shake my hand, look me in the eye and give me their word to go home tonight, read the Constitution and do their due diligence from this point forward, then I'll move on. He said, OK. And I said, no, they have to do it. I kid you not. Twenty minutes. I went around to each one of them, shook their hands and got them to give me their word. They would go home tonight and read the Constitution. OK. Two months later, my girlfriend just happened to work for Secret Service. Two months later, I mean, two weeks later, she comes in and says, well, you must be doing something right. And I said, why is that? There was a memo that went around the office that said they needed to read the Constitution. Now, this is extremely important because with the three questions that I've used, I've done two of them. But the second one I like better. It goes something like this. Isn't it true that you're obligated and duty bound to obey any lawful order? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it also true that you're obligated and duty bound to disobey any unlawful order? Uh, yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the kicker. This closes the, the gate on them. How are you supposed to know whether you're obeying a lawful order or committing a crime if you do not know the law as it is written? And I say that because a case that I had against a judge, which I had, I finally won after going to Supreme Court of that state, and I had to virtually indict all nine Supreme Court judges to get them to abide by the law as it was written. Okay, they didn't like it very much, but they, I kind of boxed them in, and this is how I learned to do it. Um, so the point is, is once they know the law as it's written. Now, what this three questions does, I found it had an improvement because what I was doing is planting the seed. There's only two choices, either you're obeying a lawful order or you're committing a crime. Now, I've had them come back to me three weeks, three months, even three years later. And they asked me, where can I find that information? They don't know. They don't know where it is. And I have to literally lead them to this information. You have a bar association, which is an association. There's nothing in the Constitution for it, Article 10. That which is not actually delegated by the Constitution doesn't exist. So the BAR Association has taken over our judicial system absolutely and completely. I've been doing this for 25 years. And for the first time in a state court and a, national, and, a, and a federal court, I was told that even though I had power of attorney, you know what that means, right? Power of attorney, signed, sealed, delivered, and notarized. Um, I was told both times because I did not have a bar card, I could not be hurt. Whoa. I mean, this is how bad it's gone. So I believe that this is when we require them. This is what God showed me in several dreams because, you know, I'm going to ask, as an inventor, you, you, you reanalyze your inventions over and over again. And I was shown in a dream because I was worried about it. God said, don't worry about it because the evil ones, they won't even take the test. They'll storm out and call you all sorts of names, but they'll literally. So, which means now what we're doing is we're not only removing the thorn in our side, but we're actually now putting people in place that do care and are willing to take the time and effort to learn and study and understand it and want the best. 
And once you have people in those positions, you know, for us to say Congress is corrupt, it's not, it's stupid. Congress is just a group of people. What you want to say is this congressman is corrupt. This, you know, literally each and every single one of them, pieces of a puzzle. Each piece is a piece. So when we get each one of those pieces of puzzle to be honorable, even if they may not be honorable, they're going to know the law and they're no longer going to be in a friendly environment like, you know, cancer has to have an acidic environment. When that environment is no longer conducive, the go-alonger, this is not aimed at the evil people. It's aimed at the go-alongers to get-alongers so that they would, instead of saying, well, okay, I don't want to lose my job, so therefore I have to do what you tell me. Instead, it's going to be, no, sir, I'm not going to jail for you. See, because if you go to jail, you obviously obviously don't have your, your, you don't have your job anymore. So this is how, this is how it all sort of came about. How can we take a disadvantage? which is basically, you know, I got excuses, you know, I can't afford to lose my job, I can't afford to lose my family, whatever. The threat is that they over. When you give them a bigger threat or a better threat, um, then they change their whole attitude. And it's truly amazing. Those three questions alone um, are, are really, really powerful because it cha- you can see people change the whole attitude. You know, that, oh, my yeah, God. So you're, you're, uh, you're uh, doing response solicitation and reframing on the spot. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I, 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 just so you know, uh, I've, I've uh, heard a lot of people call in on guest shows and all over the place, but you are one of the most smartest ones I've heard. Thank you, sir. Colin's I, got. I, 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 I would like you to email me actually. All right, I will do uh, that. Uh, and I'll just tell it to you right now. It's James Martinez Media at Proton. Okay, I will do. James Martinez. Reason, reason being is because when you have a biological impact on the central nervous system, that there right then, yep. what you're doing, that's literally what people have to do one by one by yep. one by one. Right. Yeah, I do. I'm, total, I'm in total agreement with what you said. All Thank right, you, Co- Co- Colin, Thank we've you. only got 30 minutes left and we've lost uh, some of the callers. I want to make sure we get to everybody. So James Martinez Media at ProtonMail.com. Send them an email. Blessings. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. And let's see. I need to say, caller, caller, mute the stream, mute the stream. Danger, Will Robinson, mute the stream. Are you there, sir? I am Zach. Good evening. God bless you, brother. It's Nathaniel. Nathaniel, what's up, buddy? I also need to say thank you to Big Ten Inch. Zach, I'm waiting in the queue, and this is good info, but it's not topical. You need to move him along, please. Okay, don't worry, Big Ten Inch. We'll get you here in just a second. I see you on the line. Nathaniel, how are you tonight, sir? I'm good, man. I'm so good. And James, wow. Thank you so much, brother, for bringing the uh, – I'm sure you brought it for, forward for so many years now, but this is the first time I'm becoming aware of you. My question is, does the term – 20 and back mean anything to you 20 and back is that what you said 20 and back in the context of sorry i apologize i should have set it up a little bit better in the context of memory erasing or mind wiping does the term 20 and back mean anything to you uh that term could be on some paperwork of research and stuff that i've had with Bower and that are in bank boxes with his, uh, one of his relatives under safekeeping. It's a possibility, but if you tell me right now, uh, no. That does not. Uh, are you familiar with uh, the gentleman Corey Good? Yes. Yeah, I know all about okay. it. I know all about it. All and right, I know who he is, what he did, why he did, and he's totally fake. Okay. 
So bring it um, home, James. <laughs> yeah, bring it home, James. Um, I that's where I heard that term before. And so when you were talking earlier about uh, individuals and their memories being erased and things of that nature, I mean that technology exists, right? Even though Corey may may or may not be fake, I mean I've heard a lot of people say that he is. That technology absolutely exists. Did I understand that yeah, correctly? It's called, yeah, it's called a screen and scramble. Screen and scramble. <laughs> yeah, because you're you're All right, using. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, people remember in, in, in pictures first, and they remember based upon how they um, read a book, left to right, right to left. And when people go backwards into a memory, they usually have a picture and they have a whole sequence of how they remember a memory. And when you scramble the sequence, it scrambles the memory and scrambles the legitimacy of the memory. It, it scrambles the legitimacy of the memory? Yeah. Yeah, because you're not sure if, the, if what you're remembering is correct when you distort it, when you scramble it. Okay. Makes sense. Um, you're, 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 yeah. you're uncertain is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They, they basically instill doubt. Uh, sort of the movie Inception comes to mind. They get in there and they get into that furthest reach of your mind and they instill doubt. And even though it, it's true, well, that tech because is they've real. altered something so deep. Yes. But let me... This is an important part, and this is a super advanced part of, a part of Operation Mind Control, and our, and our study of it and exposure of it is uh, Ingo Swan made the quote, uh, telepathy is the preeminent penetration modality. And for those who understand this field, that is 100% correct. And I would say for all the people out there that are the bad guys, uh, you better understand what that term means. Which term exactly, James, again, please? Telepathy is the preeminent penetration modality. Which is Absolutely. True. Yes. Absolutely. We are antenna. We send and we receive. Mm-hmm. Amplification Correct. of frequency. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, James, for that. Um, I had another question, but it totally lost. You know, I just got into flow state just now with you guys and just lost it. So it's all good. Um, I'm going to jump off the line. Zach, God bless you, brother, and uh, look forward to speaking with you all again. All right. We'll see you, Nathaniel. Thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. And I did miss a super chat from Fredo over on Rumble, uh, and he said he sent me a reminder. Hey, Zach, did you forget my Rumble, or did you just not want to bring up Q? But he said, James, I feel your frustration with the sheeple. Are you familiar with Q? And if yes, what are your thoughts on the movement waking people up to some of the truths that you are disseminating? Okay. A lot of people have asked me this. They don't ask me in a public forum, but I'll say it for the record here. Um, Q is a great educational tool, but ultimately the power relies on yourself. Absolutely. At this moment in time, uh, in my opinion, we are in the Bible. We are at the, we are at the point of deciding whether or not we have the right to exist as a sovereign spiritual being. That means that you cannot rely on somebody else's recommendations or plan yep. or trust the plan. You have to participate and co-create your own plan based upon the knowledge and understanding because you ultimately have to be responsible for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and what I'm trying to say is that um, 
Uh, I don't follow Q, but I know people look at it religiously. Uh, close friends of mine, and they try and convince me, oh, it's real, it's real. But whether it's real or not, it doesn't make any difference to me. And, I, and for me, it's different because I, I know what these programs are, whether it's for benevolence or evil or whatever. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to be able to be aware of your own awareness and you run your own mind. The labyrinth of the mind and how it works and how they run it and what you're capable of is far more than what you've been told, which is why I said previously telepathy is the preeminent penetration modality because you can alter people's futures yourself. They don't want you to know that. They don't want you to remember that. And they don't want you to be able to go into somebody else's mind and make suggestions. But I know for a fact, there's people out there that I've worked with that specifically do that. That's their job. I know one guy, we call him the telephone man, and he can make uh, uh, people call you. He knows how to do it. He does it very well. 80% wow. success rate and get people to call you. Pretty cool. And, you know, stuff like that exists. And there's other, other uh, people that have talents like that as well. So I, that's, that's what I have to say about Q. Well, just from my perspective, and I think one of the things that is misunderstood from people who have not followed Q from the beginning or, you know, followed, uh, you know, just the movement in general, uh, is that somehow it represents some sort of like acquiescence and that people are just kind of sitting back, you know, the idea, trust the plan. It's a platitude, you know, people say it. um, But, uh, you know, to me, the plan was there was this voice speaking to us with some knowledge of what's happening behind the scenes and the yeah. the point of it was to wake people up to get people out there to yeah. take action on their own and to mm-hmm. grab that you know predestination yeah. you know i mean like we are the only ones that ha- that can be responsible for our own future and the right. reason we got to the point that we are in this country is because we acquiesce that responsibility to people and and institutions outside of ourselves so Correct. i think we're on the same page but uh, let's go ahead and bring in our next caller and hopefully caller, 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 mute that stream, mute the stream, mute the stream, caller, mute the stream. Okay. All right. Are you there? Is this 10 inch? This is big 10 inch. Yeah. All right. You can call me Dominic. Dominic, welcome to the program. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm awesome. Zach, I listen to you all the time. I've been following you for years. Anyways, this is the first time I actually caught you live and I'm thankful for it. Um, I sent you a, a rumble rant earlier before I, I heard you read my second one, but I was trying to set the second one up. Um, and hello, Mr. Martinez. I, um, I, I'm totally intrigued with everything that you're presenting here, but I had the impression that um, there's like a network of, of psychiatrists and school counselors and people like that, that are searching for certain people. Um, but then again, when I did my second uh, rant, it, I said that it sounds like you're saying anybody can be uh, mind controlled or Manchurian candidate at any time. Um, is that totally true? Or is that, are they looking for certain yeah, the, the, the thesis. certain things? <clears throat> The thesis statement of the original 1978 version of Operation Mindful that Walter Bullitt wrote was, can you take a person against their will or, or consent and get them to commit murder and have them not even remember that they did it? And the fact is, yes, you can. And that was the proving point of the book being published in the first place, is the capability of doing that 
and how to uh, weaponize that? So the answer is yes. Oh, okay. Um, and you were also talking about uh, mind to skull or whatever it is, or whatever it is, voice to mind. Um, I, I got a, a buddy, not a close friend. He's just an acquaintance who about two years after he left the, um, the Marines, he got voices in his head. Anyways, I had heard about, there's a, a group somewhere and I, this was years ago, um, where people like him can, uh, you know, basically it's kind of like an AA for people that have this stuff going on in their head. He's had mm -hmm. trouble, you know, having relationships and stuff like that, but he's, kind of learned how to control it he understands what's real and what's not because of, because of one thing if he says underwear it says no underpants so that's when he knows that it's a different somebody trying to, to send him a message you know it's, it's it sounds weird but um no that's not to me really good guy that's so, not weird at all um, okay well that that has to do I, I, with uh the neuroassociation between biological impact, emotion, and a, and a trigger word that some somehow that has a deeper meaning to him than just the uh... yeah. Because when he when he had explained this to me, I immediately said, you know, MK Ultra, this and that. And there's uh, groups out there. Let me see if I can get some information for you. And he was really kind of like surprised, shocked, if you want, and not not shocked. I would say more more surprised that I actually believed what he was saying you know and i'm yeah. i'm saying yeah I, i've listened to a bunch of stuff out here and you know I've, I've heard a lot of different stories and anyways i'll i'll move on so you can get to somebody else uh anyways mr martinez you have a awesome day god bless you both bye-bye zach have a great night good to talk to you thank you very much for watching and for calling in too appreciate it bye-bye all right have a good night uh okay yeah there we go. Okay, you guys. And our next caller is uh, Sweda. Sweda used to be a frequent caller to the show. We haven't heard from her in a long time. And a lot of people have asked me uh, over the course of the last year or so where Sweda has been. So I'm glad to uh, have her on the line. Sweda, it is so good to see you. Everybody has been wondering how you've been and where you've been. How are you? Hi, Redville. It's, it's great to see you, too. I, I think I, I was getting work on Sundays, Saturdays and Sundays. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't see the show because my deadline, I have to complete the work on by Monday. Sure. Uh, so, so now I'm not getting uh, assignments on Saturday and Sunday. So I have the time. Okay. So I'm so glad that you know, I, uh, I got the live show. Um, now, uh, my question for both of you is, have either of you seen the uh, trailer of the movie uh, Grey State? Gray State. I feel like I did see that, but you'll have to refresh my memory on what it was about. Have you seen that, James? Now, uh, no. no. Okay. Now the first, uh, the first scene of the trailer. The first. Uh, I, I can't hear James. Is he? Is he talking? No, he's not. Go ahead. We're waiting for you. All right. All right. Um, so the first scene has uh, a man, a government official. Uh, surveilling people in their own homes. Uh, he's watching uh, what, you know, he's, uh, sees, there are cameras inside people's homes and he's watching what's happening in their homes. Second scene has uh, people being, uh, you know, microchipped in their hands and they're able to buy things only from uh, the supermarket if they have the microchip. 
Yeah. And in supermarkets where cash is being handed, the cash is being uh, uh, also accepted. Those supermarkets, all the you know racks are empty. Uh, and then there's this uh, uh, FEMA. That's uh, then there's martial law, and FEMA is attacking dissidents. Yes. Um, if I remember correctly, Sweeta, Gray State was that film that the there was like a, he was a military guy. He was making it, and during the production of it, he. Uh, supposedly went crazy and like killed his wife and and then shot himself. But there were people that were close to him and connected to the film who came out and said that it wasn't that he didn't kill them. It was an assassination of some type. And I'm trying to find his name um, because this was everywhere a couple of years ago. Um, is that and were we talking about the same film, Sweeta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this is kind of no. like the, the the worst case scenario of uh, of what they would be looking to do, and certainly it seems like we've moved a lot closer to that with the advent of uh, you know digital IDs and these uh, you know digital passports, and you know they've kind of rolled this stuff out in Europe, and uh, it uh, you know it's just it's just a millimeter away, as you might say, James, uh, from coming here to the shores of America. And then also, Low Country Brooklyn over on Rumble says, "We love you, Sweeta." <laughs> Thank you. Love you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, okay. if you see, uh, now if you see the surveillance which is already happening, mm-hmm. uh, targeting into the surveillance in their own houses, and the microchip is already uh, rolled out in Sweden. People are buying their train tickets and they're buying groceries from their uh, supermarkets with the microchip in their hands. If you Google the microchip in Sweden, a uh, lot of Swedish people have microchip in their hands. And uh, in Davos, uh, recently, uh, the Pfizer uh, CEO was mentioning that, you know, in uh, pills, they could be chips and pills which people could consume and, uh, you know, uh, uh, those could give all signals if they've been vaccinated or not. And in answer to compliance, I'm saying. It's true. It is already happening. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, this is certainly something that they would have as like, you know, on their their dream wish lists of uh, of different methods by which they could control everyone. Um, you know, and James, yeah, I mean, if they have that perfect melding of uh, of technology and humanity, uh, you know, who's to say what the dividing line would be? I mean, where would they stop? You know, what would they be able to do? I mean, not just controlling the uh, impulses or, you know, thoughts and, and the things we say, but you know, I mean, they, they could they could probably find a way very easily to turn that into a kill switch just to shut somebody sure. off. Yep, correct. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. And I've seen uh, I've seen. Um, well, I remember years ago when it was actually also in Wired magazine, uh, they were discussing a company in Sweden that had started rolling out those microchips that were going somebody's hand. And then uh, people could opt in for that rather than having a badge. They just walk up and they touch the door and then they're they're allowed to come in. And I think they were giving discounts to people on their um, uh, uh, their health care too, or their their medical insurance if they were to get these things, because uh, supposedly it could allow them to to monitor different vital functions and um, you know, and who doesn't want to save a little bit of money just for having something Im- embedded in their hand? Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 Incentivize it. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, Sweeta, did you have anything else for James? We're getting a lot of feedback on your end. So um, if there's nothing else, then uh, we're going to move on. But I do appreciate you calling in. I'd like to give you the email addresses of Eric Karlstrom and uh, Robert Tolsis. I'd like, uh, you know, I would hope that you would, uh, 
uh, interview them sometime. I've actually emailed Roger Tulsis, bug sweeps at earthlink.net. I've sent him messages, but he's never responded. I just sent him another one. But what was Eric Karlstrom's email? Uh, I can give you uh, Roger Tulsis' number. Would you oh. like his number? Sure. Give me his number. 760. Okay. 668. 668. 2245. 2245. Okay. Uh, don't text his number. Just call him. Okay. Uh, that's his number. And Eric Karlstrom is E-R-I-C. Okay. K-R-L. Okay. S-T-R-O-M. Okay. Eric Karlstrom at fairpoint.net. At fairpoint.net. F-A-I-R-P-O-I-N-T dot net. Anything. All right. I've got it. Awesome. All right, Sweeta, it was so great, to sweet, great to see you, and I'm glad to know you're doing well. You look great. Yeah, thank you. You too. All right. We'll <laughs> see you next time. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, we do have another caller on the line, but let me just see here. I need to say thank you to R.C. Anderson, Kathy Mack, 123SKG123. Uh, Morrow says, are U.S.-based DOD contractors creating technologies used against U.S. citizens, and how can we prove it if they are? I think the answer is yes, James, but, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, if they can do something, I just assume that they already are, and they're just not telling us yet. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're at that point. We've been at that point for a while. Yeah. Uh, then 123RMW again says, have you, have you heard of Department 22? I thought Blade Runner. Thoughts? Department 22? I don't know. Blade Runner is a, a favorite movie of mine, but I don't know anything about Department 22 in the real world. I have not heard of that Department 22, actually. Okay. Um, it could be a myth. That could be right. I don't know. Okay. And then Jason says, 2,000 mules playing at my local theater still, which is awesome. Also, I'm hearing voices. JK, JK. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fredo said, Sweeta, are you on Truth Social or on any other social media? Sweeta, if you're out there and you're on, well, Sweeta couldn't be on Truth Social because she's in India. Uh, and then uh, Big Ten Inch says, I missed you, Sweeta. This is a surprise. Yeah, it was definitely a, a, a nice surprise as well for me. Let's bring in Zed Zero. Next caller. And let's see here. Uh, Happy says, I am talking about the rough cut of the Gray State documentary on the Anti-Disinformation 10 channel on Rumble. Send me an email, Happy, because I think I missed uh, an earlier message. Z0, you're on the line. Hello. Are you there? Caller? (laughs) Okay, I guess they're shy. Uh, If you... (laughs) (laughs) If you're out there, you can uh, give us a call back. Let me see. Um, Yeah. Oh, okay. So, James, we're about to round out the show here. We're getting down to the end. Um, Are are there any aspects of the MKUltra mind control phenomenon, things that are happening in the world, anything you want to make sure that we touch on before we uh, close out the show? Yeah, I would tell everybody to utilize the Operation Mind Control uh, free version that's on Spotify. All the chapters I've done, uh, I did the voiceover for the entire book there. Um, and that includes the history of the patents, uh, details of uh, what's really happened to the culture. And also uh, within there are um, kind of uh, important touching words having to do with uh, freedom itself. Because all of us, all of us really need to examine what it is that freedom is about that first caller that the first guy that uh, 
uh, was on. Um, uh, he's absolutely right. In fact, that was a breath of fresh air to hear that, that, that he was doing that because he's, he's doing hands-on uh, what's referred to as reframing in the neuro-linguistic world. He's reframing people to, about their uh, rights and their place having to do with their own position with the Constitution. And that's what um, uh, I think that was the most important thing that was said, actually, uh, on this entire thing, because he's actually doing it. And if everybody would do that uh, with each other and so forth, we'll have a, have a much better chance of reclaiming uh, our freedom because uh, it's do or die time now, basically. All right. I do agree with you. All right. And uh, you guys, uh, I had mentioned earlier that uh, we're going to have another conversation in about a month about breakthrough technology, some really exciting stuff. Um, you know, I uh, let me tell you, this is it was already a great show with James. First of all, let me just say that. Thank you very much for being here. But the next show I am even more excited about because it's something that to me. Uh, it, it's something that I've been personally interested in and uh, used to do spend a lot of time doing research on back in the day. And it's kind of gone by the wayside because I haven't seen any new developments. And uh, and now that we're going to have the opportunity to discuss it, I'm really, really stoked about it. Let me ask you this before we end the show, James. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about uh, earlier in the show, you know, when you had like that just kind of, you know, uh, revelation about how much you were being lied to, you know, learning about the corruption of uh, the Clinton administration there in Arkansas and, you know, the uh, trafficking of cocaine and all kinds of horrible things. You know, I had something very similar happen to me. You know, I've, I've told this story a number of times, but when I was like eight years old, my mom and I read a book called On the Trail of the Assassins uh, by Jim Garrison about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. That was like my first real red pill moment. And, you know, I was pretty young to realize that, you know, we had a president that was assassinated by uh, elements of our own government and the intelligence community kind of put me on this path to where we are today. But back in 2013, I read a book called Secret Weapons by a pair of sisters named Cheryl and Lynn Hersha. Uh, they were in the MK Ultra program and what the author of the book did, I, I, I want to say Ted Gunderson, but I don't believe it's Ted Gunderson. It was somebody else, though, that was an investigator for the FBI. He went through uh, the accounts that they had remembered, and he lined up their um, locations and the projects that they were in with re declassified or, or uh, released information from the MK Ultra stuff and MK Artichoke and all of those things. Uh, that came out. Also, doctors and scientists that were working on these projects that these girls remembered. Uh, and so it's an incredible book. It's out of print right now. If you want to get a copy, it's like something like $300. I had uh, loaned out a copy of mine to a friend some years ago, and then he passed away. But that was the first time that I really realized that there was this economy of child trafficking and there this nexus between the missing children and the intelligence community. That really blew my mind, and, and I couldn't really fathom it for a couple of years, and I didn't know how to process it, didn't know how to talk to people about it. And then when the DNC leaks came out uh, before the 2016 presidential election, and I saw that there, there was another connection to those things, uh, you know, blew my mind even more. Um, so the fact that, like, you know, we're here having this conversation and um, I, I've, I've learned how to process those things and how to channel it into something like this, you know, I, I think that uh, it, it does give me a little bit of hope for the future of this world and uh, and for America. And I'm glad that you're out here talking about
about this stuff because it's, you know, one of the most important subjects that I can possibly imagine. No, thank you very much for having me. I, I feel uh, obligated to do it now. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't want to go into the, this have to do this. See when in the very beginning, I thought that, uh, you know, our uh, elected employees and authority figures in law enforcement would take care of this because it was way out of hand, way out of hand back then. And nothing happened and nothing happened. Not, I mean, you see, you know, child busts and all that stuff that's, that's out there, but they're really not telling you what's going on because do you ever see their faces? Are they ever reunited with their families? Do you ever see any of that? No, nothing. Because it's all hidden behind legal channels and psychiatrists and confidentiality agreements and so forth. So we don't hear the true testimony from people uh, often because they don't even want their face shown and they're tied up into knots. So there's a lot, a lot of information that we do not know anything about, which we deserve to know at this point. And the stuff that we do see publicly is just scratching the surface. And there's only, you know, to be honest, the only time I ever hear about child trafficking busts, you know, once a year at the Super Bowl, they generally catch somebody then. But then Sheriff Grady Judd down here in South Florida, he's the only one that I see on a regular basis who's ever busting these things uh, and putting out the information. You know, I mean, it's happening all across the country and it's just completely in the background, you know, either they're so good at what they do that they're not getting caught or there's a lot of money that's greasing those wheels and people just completely look the other way. I uh, need to say thank you to Freight Awakening. He says, great show, James. Thanks for being here. And then also uh, Low Country Brooklyn dropped the link to information on secret weapons. I would highly suggest everybody read Secret Weapons if you can get a hold of it. You might be able to find a digital copy. James, I am banned on Spotify. Is there any other place that I can re- listen to your book? <laughs> um. Uh, I will email you that. Okay. All right. And actually, nobody's ever said that to me, but I will, I will handle that for you in All some right. way. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Okay. Like I am persona non grata for a lot of different platforms. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, it would be That's very a badge helpful. of honor. It is. It is. Badge of honor. Certainly. Certainly. Okay. Uh, and then I also need to say, uh, 123RMW says Department 22 is rebranded Raytheon program, previously known as ACT based on AI and tech bio. Okay, so something from Raytheon. We need to check that one out. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Spiritual Warrior says, thank you, James and RP. Crystal Jane says, excellent show. Thank you to James and Zach. Janice, 17, thanks for the shades. And then Low Country Brooklyn. Zach, you saw about child ritual abuse in Utah, yeah? Like, uh, Romney, come get your reptiles. Yes, I did a show on it uh, this past week. Uh, that is a pretty stellar thing uh, to see that this massive uh, child trafficking and child ritual sexual abuse investigation is taking place. And <laughs> that county attorney, who wasn't even named as a part of the investigation, freaked out so much that he had to come out and do a press conference trying to throw shade on the idea that these witnesses were coming forward. But I think this is going to be like the Franklin scandal 2.0. And let's just hope that because of where we're at in the world today, uh, it's not going to get covered up in the same way. Let me go ahead and pass out those gold uh, child pills? trafficking and oh. child ritual sexual abuse investigation is. Okay, sorry on that note. Uh, Let's pass out the gold pills. James, thank you very much once more for being here. We do have links for you in the description, but please tell everybody where else they can find your work. Uh, They can find most of the stuff that I'm um, putting out is going to, putting out kind of privately. 
on Patreon. Uh, you can check James Martinez Media on Patreon and they can find it there. Uh, I'm going to be releasing information uh, in play having to do with uh, the next time that we talk that is profoundly important, profoundly important. It's going to happen and it's going to, everybody's going to have to get involved in this. So I'll be putting that out on uh, Patreon in the near future here. Okay, awesome. I'll be looking for it. We'll be in touch with each other, I'm sure. Thank you to everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Really appreciate it. You can check the podcast here a little bit later tonight. I got to head to the airport and pick up Lisa. But thank you, James, once more. And I look forward to speaking with you next time. Good luck, everyone. God bless. We'll see you. Bye-bye.